Hi, it's Maria, and today we're going to talk about the Enneagram. We jumped so quickly into the conversation with the Enneagram mom that I didn't really tell you the basics of what the Enneagram is. The Enneagram is a typology system of nine different human personalities. So the Enneagram says that there are nine main personalities in humanity. We may be a little different because the number that we are on the Enneagram diagram might have a wing. So the number that's next to our number might have some parts of our personality, etc. And that there's a line that goes across the circular diagram, which might point to the personality which we lean toward when we are in a time of growth. And then there is another number that we'll have when we are in a time of stress. We look a little bit more like that personality number. So the Enneagram has been really popular for a long time in the areas of spirituality and also in business because, of course, in business people are always trying to figure out, you know, what's your personality type so we know how you'll fit in with the group. But the Enneagram is not really recognized in the field of psychology, but it's just a little woo-woo, kind of like us. You know, we're into astrology and all kinds of other woo-woo things, and actually, we're probably only going to get more woo-woo over time. So, welcome to Woo. Welcome to the Wash Your Mouth Out podcast, power, pleasure, and parenting. We are stigma-smashing feminist parents creating a new narrative. Put in your earbuds. This is for you only. This is the place to be entertained, empowered, inspired, and feel seen while you're raising small humans. We are your hosts, Moraya Malat and Madison Young. Today we have Tess O'Driscoll, who is the Enneagram mom and some other things, uh, right? Thank you. Just I mean, to I, name don't, name. I, I didn't even bother to get a real bio from you, but um, Tess is here because I've been following her on uh, on Instagram because I follow a few Enneagram folks, and um, I love that Tess's feed on Instagram is like very much relationship focused. So really like, yes, of course we want to understand ourselves, but to understand ourselves in relationship to our partners and, and relationship to our children too. So yes. uh, welcome. Tess. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What else should we just know about you uh, off the bat? Like how many kids do you have and like, where do you live you know? and um and what's something weird that not very many people know about you oh well man this is this is good okay so I have three little boys I have a seven-year-old a five-year-old and a three-year-old and they are my world and also the chaos that ensues in my world all in one beautiful wrapped up package daily um I live in Utah and I live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where we kind of have a homestead and yeah like so we have pigs chickens uh 
goats, all sorts of things. Yep, we are just, we're kind of weird in that way. And let's see, I have a kids podcast I also do that's kind of all the weird strange things in the world um because like I couldn't find one that was appropriate for my kids so I was like I'll just make my own so that's been going on for two years and then I trying to think of I'm like I am like a really like I was like obsessed with the X-Files and Buffy growing up so that's uh yeah that pretty much sums me up like basically my teenage years I just was a mixture of like Dana Scully and um Buffy and that is who I hope to encompass as a I human mean, being. I don't know how weird that is. I think that might be like maybe a large swath of our generation. Right? I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm, my family thinks I'm weird, but I think I'm rather like, but then I, I also have like a large friend group that is as weird as me. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm not as weird as I thought I used to be at least. Well, it's good to be weird. It is. It is. Um, and so actually one of the reasons I reached out to you was because we often like to talk about astrology and other witchy stuff on this podcast. Um, but I have been confused by the Enneagram okay. for a long time. I feel like I, when I first took an Enneagram test, I was maybe only 20. 20 years old or 19 years old and it was like I'm a two I am a codependent caregiving type wah, wah. <laughs> and I hated it and I was kind of like angry about getting that number because I was just like I don't want that to be like all of who I am and then many years later I took the test a couple more times and it seemed like my numbers were all over the place mm-hmm. and I took it again And I got the same size wedges on the truity test um, for three different numbers. And then I listened to some podcasts and I read some books and some of my friends who are really into the Enneagram said, you have to only have one number. Mm -hmm. It's your one number and it's the same number your entire life. (laughs) And I was just like. So smash the boxes. I know. It's just like, what? I can only have one number, but my chart has three numbers. So how do I know? So I reached out to Tess going, could you please help me? And then I thought, wait a second. Could you, maybe you could help me on the podcast because other people might need help too, trying to figure out how to find, you take this test and it goes here, are all of your different size wedges. And some of them might be the same size. And now you're supposed to figure out what your one number is. Yes. And I will say um, a large amount of my inbox is them sending me their test results going, what does this mean? (laughs) And so the difference, one of the beautiful things about the Enneagram, maybe compared to um, human design, which I'm like a huge fan of, I'm a manifesting generator, um, astrology, I'm a cancer, like all of those things, like the one thing I love about the Enneagram is you have to figure it out. So it becomes even more important because this is not something that you can be put into a box. You actually have to figure out your box. And so I actually don't recommend the test because this is what happens is people go, I was tested and I was given this number, but I don't feel like it fits me. And I'm like, it's probably because it's not your number because that test, um, Compared to other personality tests, what it's doing is it's looking for how you outward are responding. 
when in fact the Enneagram compared to um, all the different types of testings that are out there, the color code system, the MBF, I, I don't remember what it's called. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, it's like that one test, the 16 personality types test. That's how the world sees you. The Enneagram is how you see the world. And that's why when you are placed in your correct number, that's why people are obsessed with it. And they like totally relate to it because they've had to figure out their core motivation and their core fears. And so your number is actually, it can change throughout your life up till your early 20s. And then your type stays the same. But there's more than that because you are also not just in the box of that number. You have wings, which you have access to the behaviors in both of your wings. And then you also move to a different number in stress and you move to a different number in growth. And then there's levels of healthiness in there as well. So it depends on how healthy you are. What it looks like when you're healthy, when it looks like when you're really. And your subtype motivation. So I'm like, there's so much more than the little box. And I think that's the thing that people like are like, it says I'm a three, but I hate it. And I don't really want to be a three. And I was like, well, good. Then reach into your wings and start utilizing those traits. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like so many people come up with their number and then they go, I don't like this person. I don't like being that personality. But if you incorporate the wings and stuff and you start thinking about like, what's that arrow that goes to who you are in your, um, at your best self, right? Like in your, in your growth, Mm -hmm. um, then, then it starts to feel a little bit better. But um, when I've tried to help people get that, when I've tried to help people figure out their numbers, they're like, I don't like that. And almost one of the certain parts that you've probably nailed on yours is when you don't like it. Totally. Because because you don't like the things that you see in it. And so, I mean, this completely, I had somebody message me the other day and they said, you post such negative things about Enneagram 4s. Would you mind posting more positive things about the Enneagram 4? And I was looking at the post and I was like, all of these are positive things. I'm really confused at what they're seeing as a negative trait. The thing is, us as ourselves, we see what we do as negative, while other people see the positive in that thing. And the thing is, you can have the positive to a fault. You can be caregiving and loving to a fault. Yes. But some people, they struggle being a caregiver. And so they want some of that trait. And so they see a caregiver as like a positive trait while you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this because all I do is care about people and it drives me nuts. So yeah, that can how, be, yeah, like yeah. eights and two, well not eights, nines and twos can be really codependent. Yes. And, really and sixes. on other people. And sixes as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, even though you said Madison didn't have to take a test and we could just figure it out here because I was so curious about what Madison's <laughs> Enneagram number would be, I told her to take one anyway. <laughs> and then I sent it to you. And, the, and but, you sent me your but scores. <laughs> but I'm, I sent you our scores but and our, our what our little graphs look like. But what I thought was cool about that was that um, we actually had a lot of similarities Mm-hmm. in there and I actually wouldn't have thought that for me and Madison or even for me and like some of my other best friends too because like we're like opposite in some ways similar yes. in some ways and opposite in, in, in other ways um 
but I'm really just, I'm just struggling with my multiple numbers. Am I a four? Am I a five? Am I an eight? Or am I back to two? Because that's what I was when I was like 20. So looking at this, so yours specifically has the exact same three numbers you scored the highest as. So they're eight, five, and four, which if you actually look, all of these numbers are very similar in a way. So what we're going to do is look at those top three and look at their motivations and their fears. The eight's motivation is freedom above all else. They want independence. They want to be who they are. And they also allow that for other people as well. You do you. I do me. They're a little bit outspoken and they just say it as it is. And Madison has that too. <clears throat> and do you, do you identify with that, Madison? Um, the eight. As being outspoken and a weirdo. Yeah, that's yeah. my Aquarius rising and my Aquarius <laughs> moon, man. You know, we're the weirdos. You're like, I'm I, mean, all in. I think, and eight is not even necessarily the weirdo, right? That's more the four, right? Um, no. Well, no, that's not a million percent true. So this is where they're, they are kind of a are the same. Of the weirdos. So an eight is. Leader, leader of the weirdos. Yes. Like that's the best leader way to of the weirdos. The they don't care. They don't care. They are who they are. They'll say it as it is. And they actually enjoy other people speaking up, even if they don't have the same beliefs as them. They just are like, hey, I just love to hear multiple sides and have a good conversation with people because you get a lot of fuel from other people speaking. So that energizes you. Fours, they're unique personalities because that is their whole motivation. They want to be unique They want to be considered an individual personality, and it is all about the individual. But they worry a lot about harming or hurting others, and they have a lot of envy because they want to be like other people. So they sit in their feelings for a long time before they react. This is where the judgment about these things for us as individuals starts to get like really creepy because (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I love that one part about having a lot of four in me. I love, I love the, I definitely have always identified with being different and that's definitely been part of my like ego, my personality. But then when I think about, well, what you just said, which is like, you know, that I, I would want to be more like other people or like, I just, and I like worry like that what, how I'm showing up might be harming other people. I don't identify with that. So with each of these, there's something I super identify with and something I really don't. Okay. So then what we're going to do is break it down to um, what, how you behave when you go into stress. Do you, when you go into stress, all of a sudden shut off? You become very cold. You become very focused on the details and you over-research things but can't make a decision to save your life. Um, I do get cold. I do pack away. Um, I do uh, over-research things. I usually can make a decision, though, even though I am a Libra son. Um, I usually can eventually make a decision. And sometimes decisions come very quickly with, with a little bit of research. So yes and no. Okay. Okay. Madison, how did, is that sound uh, about right for you? Uh, so or? when I go into stress mode, 
Uh, yes. You know, when, <clears throat> when I go into stress mode, I, I've done a lot of, um, a lot of, of, of work at not falling into old patterns. I think that generally like, it's like if I have a big event happening or a screening happening or something like that, I have to make sure that I, I don't take it out on the people around me because I'm actually, I don't close down. Like I came from an environment that was kind of yelly. And, um, so mm. I have to like, um, <laughs> I, I now pause and recognize those moments and, you know, uh, see what's happening and, and, and try not to be reactive. Um, uh, and, and, um, find some grounding and breath and, uh, before, especially before events or travel or things like that. Um, but, uh, mm, okay. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a shutting down kind of, mm -mm. you're not a shut down person. Would you say you are more of a, you become hyper aware of others during that time and what they could be doing to fix things and almost want like in in your worstest self so think of yourself like w when you weren't working on yourself where you try to have like a codependent relationship during that time uh if if i'm stressed then uh yes i'm sorry then if i'm if i'm stressed wanting to what like connect with others, but over connect with others and you want to fix them. And so you create this like codependent bond with other people. Mm. No, my reflection is I haven't no, seen you ever. I, I feel like that. it's more <laughs> like if, if I'm, if I'm super stressed, I'm wanting to have control of the situation or frustrated that things are not unfolding okay. in the way that I'm wanting them to. Um, and, uh, or maybe that someone is not doing a certain thing, but um, not really. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So I think I've identified that both of you aren't fours. So when fours get really stressed out, they become very mm -hmm. codependent. Mm -hmm. They become very. They actually become an unhealthy two. So this is where they are reaching out to people so they don't mm. have to feel their own feelings. So they're trying to feel other people's feelings and then create this codependent bond because they feel like they need others to fix them and to fix them like other people. So they create this bond with others. So that's how a four mm. reacts in stress. That's and so, it's so interesting about a four that a four would right? be the person who's really seemingly like completely their own person but when stressed becomes You'll what seems like the opposite it's opposite behaviors when you go into stress so me as a three when I go into stress I am like I am a multitasker I can do all of the things I go into stress and I disappear off the face of the earth I need to shut down I get hyper focused on like a tv show or something and I do nothing like I become an unhealthy nine and so that is your, it's a way that you cope by turning off your opposite expression. So the expression of an Enneagram eight is really loud, boisterous, outgoing. All of a sudden they go to unhealthy five techniques. And this is where they pick up being cold, 
over-researching things. They get in their head about things instead of maybe making the momentum that they normally create. Mm. Does that help kind mm-hmm. of distinguish some of the behaviors? So Madison, I'm still a little <laughs> bit confused on you. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm confused, confused about, about you. I mean, yeah. in the nicest the way. Thing. <laughs> okay. I was just on a call and I called this, I called this girl. What did I call her? Uh, like a, just like a garbage vomiter, like a word vomiter. And then I was like, that sounded so mean. I meant that in the most genuine, like genuine loving way. <laughs> I was like, words just don't work with me, even though English is my only language. Um, so, okay. So it, is it Moria? Did Moria. I say her name right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Moria. 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 So hard. Moria. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, it's I'm like, fine. I'm so bad with names. So Morea, I think you might possibly be an eight because of that. And the way that I'm seeing it is also you keep getting twos. And when eights go to their healthiest self, they get healthy traits of a two. And so that's where I think you're picking those up. Healthy traits of a two. So healthy traits of a two would be what? Because I think of twos so negatively. So what's the healthy <laughs> traits of a two? I was like, twos are incredible. <laughs> so twos, they become very caring of others, but they don't place their value on caring for others. So they begin to see others and go, how can I respond to your needs in a way that you need them met, not I need to meet them? Yeah, and that is what I do in my work, which is definitely me at my best self as a a parent educator and and coach. So yes, that that does make sense. sense. So maybe I, I mean, really had like only two until I was, you know, over 20 and then over I guess a period of 20 more years I've somehow grown into an eight maybe to this eight self well twos are more concerned about feelings than a lot of people so um I would say twos and nines are really worried about rocking the boat Mm -hmm. and just based off of uh well your podcast and you you are not concerned about rocking the boat as much as you're the one personally rocking the boat like you're underneath the boat and that's great (laughs) that is eight tendencies a million percent right there and Madison has a lot of that with me yeah yeah And so that rocking the boat tendency is that eight and it's you want to get a good conversation going because you genuinely respect people's individual like unique perspectives and you want to have a good conversation that is full of facts and backed up logic Yes, because you could you could like really rock the boat for days, but it's in a place of connecting with others. Yeah. And that is how you connect with other people. So, um, so I also have like so much five in there, which is mm-hmm. actually like if I had to go around the circle of those nine numbers mm-hmm. and I had to go, which is the one that just seems more like what's happening in my brain? Okay. Mm, be five. Okay. Um, because I am like a, f- uh, Uber researcher, fact keeper, mm. constantly have too much data in my head. Um, and that's my kind of favorite way to spend my time. Um, ah. 
And it, well, but it's definitely a way to control. Just, you're just throwing me through a nice loop here. Yeah, which is but wonderful. So, <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I can confuse you as much as I'm confused. <laughs> I was like, yo, I got to pull out my papers for this I would, girl. Jeez, I, would, it's I, would never, I would never want to be easy in that way. Uh, yeah, I, out, I guess. Okay. But the thing is, I have that, but also I keep hearing that fives are really introverted. Fives are typically introverted. Want to be left alone. And um, that was me as a child, Mm. but certainly not as an adult. Okay. All right. So one of the biggest things we're going to look at is fives above all desire competency. Yes. They want to be seen as an intellectual, smart human being more than they value their freedom and independence. And fives have the capability of if they find something that is counter to what they personally thought or believed before, and they recognize it as true facts, data, whatever it is, you will change your opinion in your mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's where we're getting real tied up there. Okay. Fives are not all introverted, especially female fives. I'm really noticing female fives especially have a tendency that they have really deep thoughts and emotions. They are just able to stay neutral in most situations. I'm good at neutral. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is where, okay. Whereas an eight sits in the black and white. My way or the highway. No. They go with force. They go with pushing. They have, they have a very outrovert energy that is forceful no so that wouldn't be me I do I do like to lead I like to have really good boundaries but I feel like all of the eight stuff is me in my super growth of like having done so much therapy and other you know what work the on funny myself thing is a five goes to eight in growth mm-hmm so that makes more sense. And then when you're stressed, you look like you have severe ADHD. You can't focus. You can't get the task done. You can bounce from object to object and seem like you can't get your brain and your thoughts wrapped around. They're just constantly moving and flowing and you feel like you're kind of out of control. But instead of you can't make a decision, you make spontaneous decisions. Because you go to that unhealthy seven where you're just like, go, go, go. At at extreme stress, yes, I will make very rash, um, horrible. um, (laughs) I was like, and now I want to hear all of these decisions. I just think of it. I have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like three days out of the week. I might um, like end every relationship in my life. Um, and sabotage anything that could possibly be good. And that's extreme stress. Take a drink right before that. (laughs) It's like extreme stress. Um, I will make those, those very rash cut everything off kind of decisions. Yes, that's true. Okay. Well, that makes so much sense. Okay. And that's why you were seeing these eight tendencies. That's why you, yeah, your five is logical. And that's where you sit is in the logical train. And that's why the Enneagram also bugged you because you logically couldn't see the right answer. And you're like, I need the backing and the support behind this because if I'm going to research it to its fullest amount, I have to know where to go to get the correct data. Yes. So it's okay 
that I'm, I want to be a five. I'm actually very happy with that, but I didn't like the part about being an introvert. I was like, I don't want that for myself. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know. Where'd she go? Oh, no. I feel mm-hmm. like her internet. Yeah, it was a, a, a little, little blippy. Little glitchy. Oh, there you are. Oh, looks like we're. They're like, ah. we figured out your number, so we're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be done here. We're done. I can't handle you anymore. Like, Anyways, yeah. that but like that makes so much sense though. And also, fives are the most misunderstood of the entire Enneagram. And it, that's because most times they are labeled as introverted, stereotypical, cold, disheartened. The thing is, I'm noticing that there is some of those. In some fives, my dad is the prime example of a five that's like tons of boundaries, cold, like (laughs) distant. That is my dad to a T. But I'm finding that there are a lot of fives that do have warmth. They do want to connect with people. It's just really difficult for them to feel like they're making connections. Hmm. And they might feel socially awkward very easily in situations. So they think about them. I don't really feel socially awkward anymore at all. Okay. But maybe it's growth. Maybe it's just years and years of growth. And maybe you're leaning into your wing. If you got a four or six wing, like you're probably pulling yeah, from that. Yeah, well. the four wing. Leaning mm-hmm. into the four wing maybe. Yeah. And maybe Hopefully. that's where you're you're pulling from. So cool. that's why. That's okay. why it was kind of hard to dig to yours. But it's possible we did it. Beep, beep. It's time for a little info break. This is Maria. I bet you didn't know that I'm a volunteer at Postpartum Support International. I am currently a breastfeeding and chestfeeding special coordinator. We have something really exciting that just happened at Postpartum Support International. The National Maternal Mental Health Hotline is live. The hotline is funded by the U.S. Health Resources and Services Administration, the HRSA, and powered by Postpartum Support International. It's available 24-7, 365 days a year in English or in Spanish or other languages by request. The PSA hotline does still exist, but at PSI, we really are excited about this first-of-a-kind resource and grateful to the HRSA for their leadership and support in making this a reality. We are staffed by licensed and credentialed perinatal mental health and healthcare providers, childbirth professionals, certified peer specialists, and the hotline provides immediate and trained informed access to support, understanding, brief intervention, and resources to all pregnant, postpartum, and post-loss individuals and their partners and families. Call or text the hotline anytime you need to connect. You do not need a diagnosis to reach out for help. We are here for you. And I personally want to remind you that postpartum is actually the first two years. So if you are two years in and struggling, call us. The National Maternal Mental Health Hotline, 1-833-943-5746. Okay. So what do we think? So what do we think about Madison? So I'm going to dig into this. Then we could talk about like partners and kids and all that stuff. 
Awesome. Uh-huh. Okay, so Madison, where are you sitting? So how much research have you done on the Enneagram? You know, just a little bit. I I was a, a part of a co-working space a few years back, and I remember all of the life coaches were really like, it was like the hip thing, <laughs> the trending thing of, yeah. of Enneagrams. And I like looked into it and I I was like, I don't understand how this is giving me any more information than astrology and astrology just resonated with me a lot more to know like what planets were in what houses and, um, Mm. and was giving me more information about, um, kind of my, my life and then what transits and how that's always moving because I think that we're always moving and changing and, um, and growing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about it at all. (laughs) I know very little about it. (laughs) And that's, that's okay. That's okay. I just, um, I had a retreat a little while ago where I taught Enneagrams and then we had someone come do human design and someone come do astrology readings. And so that was the first time, cause I'm a cancer and I've always felt like like everything about cancers. Like I'm like, yeah, I'm sensitive, but like I've right, never felt like sign, related to him. Right? Yeah. Picked so out when the you houses. get into the houses and then what yeah. planet? I have the Aries like- as my house, my first house, and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes way more sense. And so then I started to understand astrology. So that's it. Is the problem is we haven't found your right number. And so when you figure that out, then you'll be able to pull some of these pieces you're not seeing too, because I see these all as mm-hmm. toolboxes, right? The more that I understand my behaviors, then I can reach out and go, oh, like my human design's getting in my way today. Or I can look at my astrology and be like, yo, like you need a, you need a whole back girl. Like, you know, so I think they all can be pieced together and totally used as tools. And the thing is, people are going to relate to Enneagrams more or sure. people are going to relate. You're you're going to pick one that is like your baby, right? It's going to be your favorite. I mean, not saying I have favorite between my children, um, but the one that listened <laughs> to me yesterday was my favorite. I can't hear you, Madison. Oh. What happened? I lost your sound. Can, can it, can it, can you guys hear each can other? Can you hear me? I can okay. hear you. Great. Yes. Okay. Back. We missed you. I, so I, um, I, I definitely before this I went into my my settings because I I have something that um, uh, limits my screen time and so but I right. turned it off Maria right before this thing I don't know how it still yeah. it still was it turned yes. you off again it said you're not allowed it to have no any more screen time, time. you're cut off <laughs> universal <laughs> like. We're done. We're out. <laughs> no more screen time for you, Madison. So, so I don't. I I don't know. I'm tech is not okay. My so thing. you kind of looked at. So so I think Tess mm. was just saying that you know Enneagram might not be like a favorite of like the thing that right. you study, but it might be helpful in conjunction yes. with some of yeah. the other things. I think what what I've noticed just in like playing around with those numbers for you know kind of looking at like five or eight is the the stress points that they go to behaviors mm-hmm. and the um and the growth point behaviors starts to help me notice like yeah. like 
as I start to notice my behaviors happening, I can go, okay, I'm, I'm going off the deep end here. <laughs> like I am, or I'm you've go- already been there. <laughs> I've been there or like, I'm like going towards something which is like not my healthiest. Right. And I can tell that because like now I know all of these little behaviors, what they yeah. look like. So, yeah. 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 And that's, that's one of the best parts. And that's when, when I'm explaining the Enneagram to people, I'm like, what you need to do is you truly do need to know every number. And it's because what happens is like, yeah, you've got your two wings. So you should first study your number. Then you study the wings next to you because the wings next to you, it's whatever personality traits you're picking up from the both of those, whichever ones you pick up the most from, that's your wing. And then you study your stress number and then you study your growth number. And by that point, you're only missing a few more numbers. So you might as well know the entire Enneagram. <laughs> so, but, you can, so you can give a number to your partner and your children. <laughs> well, it, it is so helpful when you're able to be in situations and go, oh my gosh, they're, they're reacting this way. And instead of taking it personally, you can take a step back and go, oh, it's because they're probably this number. And then you have just a lot more empathy and respect for other numbers as well. Because I think truly we think the world thinks like we do, like thinks in our brain, like the same thought process. And the beautiful part is when you recognize, oh, you don't think the same way I do. And I respect that. And I have a lot of empathy for you. And that's okay. Like we don't have to come to the same solution in the end and that's okay. So yeah, that's each of the pieces of it. So I was just looking at your chart, Madison. Uh You scored an A, a four, and a three as your top ones, right? Yeah, yeah, I I think that looks, yes. That looks about right. There was like a little seven in there too. Seven's pretty high too, I guess. Oh yeah, the seven's Mm. next to it, yeah. I don't know anything about seven. You got to tell us what that would be. Oh, seven's the ADHD, sweet sweet ADHD brain. Um, These are people that are spontaneous, fun, playful. Um, They kind of just go for, their goal in life is to be satisfied. So they are looking for things to hit that dopamine and be more satisfied in everything. So they are quick to pick hobbies. They are very fast paced and very energetic. I'm recording at a podcast people. right now. Yeah. Welcome to parenthood. <laughs> I was doing this at the beginning. Um, so sevens are like fun loving and like trying to get to pleasure and all of that. What, what, I'm just so curious. I don't know much about sevens. It sounds like, but there is some of that in Madison's chart is, is the seven, like, what would the seven be the growth for? Like who, what number is seven, their growth number? An Enneagram one, which is the perfectionist. These are people that like for things to be in a specific order. They don't skip on rules. And they like for things to be laid out in a specific way. And their whole goal in life is to be good. Mm. And what society deems as good. That's a good the opposite person. of what they need so, to do for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, seven, mm. I think, so, you know, with the test, uh, I, I, I choose a lot of exciting things, you know, like I'm definitely like mm-hmm. a bit of a, I think I've had a fairly adventurous life <laughs> for anyone who Googles me. <laughs> um, yes. You know. I kind of now want to Google you. Just make sure the kids are in the room. Fun. But uh, <laughs> it, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely 
lean into the moment. I try to be really present. I take on ad- adventures, um, but usually adventures with a purpose and that connect yeah. others and that uh, smash the patriarchy and lead us to like, you know, seeing a shared humanity mm. and create social change. Like that, that's my jam. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. I so- feel like, I feel like Madison would be like, I'm going to be the one to take you to the fun and the pleasure. I will be the leader of that. I'm going to host I'm going to make sure you're really safe. Yeah. I'm going to host it, but I'm going to make sure you're really safe while yeah. we're doing it. And then you're going to come out with this beautiful production uh, that you can show people about your adventures there afterwards. And it will reach your heart that you'll like, your mind will be blown in a way of like, I, I never thought that about this particular thing before. And like last night I had a premiere and, and several people came up to me and said, I don't know how I've had several, you know, similar experiences at your book reading and at your, you know, theater show and at premieres. But every time there's this touchstone that, you know, open something in me and my heart, like whether it's parenting or, you know, sexuality or queerness, like, I don't know how you do that, but, you know, bring it together. Um, Because sometimes people see the different things I do and they're like, how are all of these things related? But it's really the kind of how and the why instead of the what. Hmm. So I, is it important for you to give value to other people and to have purpose? A hundred percent. I've known my purpose if you, since like my first breath and have lived a hundred percent in alignment with my purpose every single day. So if I was to take away your purpose, how would you feel? I would die. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you, do you, are you, do you consider yourself high energy, capable of multitasking, doing all of the things and fulfilling all of the I roles? <laughs> You're like, nobody's going to stop me. If you had to make a decision right now. I've never right seen now, anyone like that. Like she, she, she's serious. Like she, she'll just do it. I, I'm tenacious. Are you the type of person you, you thought? Like I, I just finished, like I, I've never made no, a sure t- I've never that. made a TV show before and I just finished my season finale of producing, directing and hosting a television season. Like So I, basically you're I'm no, no joke. joke. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I think if you, it, I dream it. If you I say you're going to do it, that means it's yeah. already done. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um you're probably an Enneagram 3. Oh. I'm yeah, sorry. What is what is a three? Uh, three's a me. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, that's like me to my very core. So threes, their whole goal in life is to be valuable to others. They want to just give value, value, value. And if you took away our value or like we failed at something, that's it. Like, don't, don't you dare. Like that is how I survive in life. They are multi-passionate, multi-talented, and they are highly, highly driven. They are like 
the best cheerleader. You will cheer on anybody in the world, but they also are the people that like will be cheering themselves on to make anything possible happen. So yeah, these are, they, they are just like, oh, I had this idea. And so it was already done by the end of the week. It was created. Yeah. Madison can do just insane things with the tiniest amount of resource. (laughs) Yes. Just just the most bare bones. That's why Google was created so that we could figure out how to run the world one little piece at a time. And heck, we, you know, I mean, I'm 42. We were doing, I was doing this before Google, really. I, (laughs) I yeah. We were cutting and pasting flyers together and just and gathering the people by word of mouth, stenciling. Oh, I love it. And so um, I think you might possibly be a three with a four wing, okay. which also gives you a little of that four tenderness. But this is you kept saying like you that that connection to your mm-hmm. heart. And so threes and fours. So twos, threes and fours are in the heart triad. And their feelings. And so it's very important for them. It all connects. The world connects to your heart, to your feelings. And so when you serve, it is through your feelings and emotions. Yeah. Where Moria, Moria. Moria, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, so sorry. Mo, you could think- call me Mo. Mo, Mo. We're going to go with that. This is why my mom gave me the name Tess that was four letters because she's like, she can't even say other people's names. I don't know how she's going to make it in this world. Um, so – Mo, her whole thought process is she thinks yeah. in her head. And so she is pushing out that energy of her head. And she kind of has this, like, she goes through the thought process. Whereas when you make a decision, it comes straight yeah. from your heart. And so head, heart. And then um, eights, nines, let's see, eight, nines, and ones are in mm. their gut. So they make gut decisions. And so, yeah, I think you are that three. And that three is just uh, so talented. Um, They are usually kind of in the spotlight and they don't really care. They love the spotlight and they're fine with it. And we can also run the backstage. In fact, um, if you just put a, a three, they could do every single aspect involving the entire theater. I was I was also um working to be a theater, theater major. major too. So yep. I was like, <laughs> yep. I was like, that was like, my whole goal in high school was I was going to do theater and I was on the stage and I was behind the stage and I was the production manager. I could do any aspect of it. Yeah. And literally and Madison has done entire films, I think, where everything was done by Madison. Oh, yeah. Like push and play and like running and being, being every single person in the entire film. She's like, oh, it's fine. I can do it all. In fact, I, I ain't waiting for nobody. We'll just do it. So how does that big section of eight like, how is that related in Madison? The energy push. So the eight, what they were seeing in the test was how big her energy was. Ooh. So if you look at a three-wing four, it's very similar to an eight in the energy that they put out. But that feeling is the most part. And that's that's why I'm like, oh, the tests mm. are so frustrating because I'm like, it can't recognize – it sees your boldness. It sees your strength. And it goes, must be an eight. And so I look at, so I'm married to an eight. My husband is an eight. And we are very similar. We're like, do, we'll ask questions about it later. Which when there's two people in a relationship like that, it can be real hard. Um, and so we have a lot of the same energy. It's go, 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 go energy. But his is very, very direct, 
I'm going, he's working on his projects. Mine is I'm working on this. 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 And he's like, if you just put all that focus on one thing, you would like blow up the world. And I was like, why would you take away my 12 steps to get there? That's so rude. <laughs> I could, like, I'm allowed to do multiple things, but he is a waffle person. So that means that eights, they waffle things into boxes and they can go, this is my black and white box. And this is my black and white box. Whereas threes, because we come from that feeling, we intermix mm. everything. Our feelings, our thoughts are like, my husband and I will talk about finances and I'm like, and we're getting divorced. It's over. And my husband's like, finances are marriage. They're like two separate things. Why do you keep like shoving them together in the same box? And I'm like, cause everything's interconnected. And an eight does not think that way. Everything is separate. And Madison, do you have any, like in all of this conversation, I know we haven't gone through all of the numbers yet. Do you have any like thoughts about your partner? Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I don't know all of them. So, you know, I mean, he is such a very, um, I mean, we're both earth signs. So our, our sons are, I'm a Virgo and he's a Taurus. Um, but I, you know, I'm this Aquarius, like weirdo, <laughs> weird, uh, weird Virgo and he's very logical. So, um, and, and much more head driven and needs to have the facts. So what I do and how our relationship works is I visualize something. I feel it in my heart. I know that the thing is going to happen and has happened and that we're just stepping into that thing. But um, he needs to hear the steps and the logic and the finances and like how, how that's going to happen. And sometimes I just feel it and know it. Um, Yeah. Sometimes people don't get behind the feeling that you're like, no, like I know I'm supposed to do this. And they're like, but how? And you're like, not really sure. It's just going to (laughs) happen. And yeah, those logic people are like, but like I need the, like, how and you're like hmm, I just I don't know <laughs> I mean I I, I break it down so, and I'm, I'm because I am a uh I've produced so much of my work and I'm I'm a, a writer and I'm really mm-hmm. uh, initially I always pitch things first in an emotional way and get and bring people on board with the belief paint the picture. And then I'm, I'm really good at breaking things down of like, okay, these are all the different people that I need from my network to come on board as those building blocks to create this thing in, um, in the material realm. Uh, That is a beautiful and and yeah, I'm like you, I, I truly believe, believe you're a three, like everything you're saying, like having a community, like, you know, like your support system. Am oh, I, I, I think it's again? okay. Or is it my, am I? Okay. I was like, are we good? Are we fine? Um, okay. So a quick, just like really quick overview on all of the numbers, just yeah. so you guys like are aware of them, because this was kind of done like 
scattered. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like ones, they are their desire is to be good. They do not want to be considered bad. They are usually mm-hmm. seen as the perfectionists of the Enneagram. They like for things to be a certain way. They like for the rules to be followed and they don't understand why people don't follow rules because the rules were put there for a reason and everyone should follow them. Twos, they're the givers. These are extremely loving people. They love because their whole motivation is to be loved in return. So they desire that same feeling that they're giving to receive back in return tenfold. These are people that can walk into a room and go, oh, this person needs help and sense their emotions and go towards them to help them. And Enneagram 3, now they are the cheerleaders. They are the motivators. They are the people that just get shiz done in this world. And they are the people that are desired by their value. They want to be valuable. They want to be considered like just sitting and just being there is really hard for them because they got work to do. And so they are constantly trying to add value to everything that they're doing. And similar to a two where they can go in and feel a room, a three can go in and feel a room, but they can shift themselves to what the room needs, which is why they're known as the chameleons of the Enneagram. And this is not inauthentic. This is them recognizing, oh, I'm in a room full of introverts. I need to be softer to be considered more valuable to these people or in a room full of extroverts, I need to be more loud so that I can relate with these people. The fours are the individualists. It is extremely important for them to have their unique personality. And these ones are motivated by their purpose, their authenticity. They are motivated to make a difference in their own way in the world. And so they are very in tune with their feelings and in tune with melancholy, with sadness, and they can get energy from this. Fives, these are the logical brains. They want competency above Mm. all else. They're intellectuals. They are give me the facts and details. And if you don't have them, give me an hour. (laughs) I'll come back to you with them. (laughs) It's like, uh and it's because that they desire to have the knowledge. They don't like to not know what's going on. And this gives them kind of a sense of purpose as well, because if they can look it up, if they can figure things out, they also can connect to other people. They also might be the people in a room that give random facts to make connections because they're like, did you know that this random creature does this? And everyone's like, oh, that's me. (laughs) That's totally me. (laughs) You're like, and now we know. But they come from that headspace. Sixes are the loyalists of the Enneagram. Now, these people are extremely loyal to the people that they care about, to whatever they choose to follow, or they can be extremely radical, so they can flip and be the opposite side as well. These people are considering their safety at all costs. How do I be safe? How do I make sure that those around me are safe? So they're constantly kind of looking at worst case scenario, have a bit of anxiety, and this helps them to feel like they're in focus to have a plan in place if something goes wrong. Sevens, their focus and desire is for satisfaction. So they are constantly looking for fun. How does this fulfill a need? They might be seen as a little bit flaky, and it's because if something better turns up, they might turn towards it. But these are the people that like FOMO was created for them. They are constantly worried that they're missing out on the fun and the excitement of life, and they bring a lot of energy with them. Eights, 
Their desire is independence and freedom above all else. They desire that for others. They like to have conflicting conversations, not to have arguments, but to have healthy debates. And that is how they build connections is through a healthy debate. And then nines, their whole deal in life is peacemaking. How do I have inner peace, keep my inner peace, and share my inner peace with others? They have a hard time making decisions and moving forward because they don't want their inner peace to be lost. So that's all of the numbers with their motivations to kind of give you a clue of all of the realms that you could be in. Mm-hmm. When you read all, when you hear all of them, Madison, does anything like stick out for you for James? Um, I, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that, that five and eight feel very him of like head and, uh, gut there. Uh, I can, I can see him probably scoring fairly high on, on, on those two. Mm-hmm. Just mm. knowing him the little bit that I do, yeah, I with yeah, five, he's a, a very a needs yeah. needs the facts. Really, is very much about following all the data. I'm like, I need to like step back and meditate and, all this and find some healing yeah. modalities, and and then I'll I'll gather people together and we'll have a community conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, it has, awesome. in terms of like relate there, there's things that with relationships, right? Like where like certain numbers might do better in relationship with other numbers Ooh. and the way that we have this kind of thing in astrology. Is that true? So I don't think so. No. The only okay. reason is if you are two healthy numbers that are constantly working on helping and making yourself better, you will work just fine together. Mm. It is what happens is people are like, Ooh, I do not like to work with ones. They are too strict. They are too forward. I don't like it. And I was like, no, you didn't like to work with one, one, one time that was not in a healthy place. And so that's what happens is we begin to get stereotypical or we look at like, Oh, this is like my mother-in-law. So I don't like any Enneagram eights or whatever it is. And we're looking at someone who's probably Mm -hmm. embodying unhealthy traits of their number. And so as long as two people are in health, they are working on growth and they're working on it together, you can get along just fine. (laughs) And I've seen the most beautiful relationships happen with all of the I love that you're a five, right? Because, um, and I can see that in James. And I I think that um, I... Uh, often gravitate to some fives because I, I, you know, it's, it's fun to be with other, I mean, like every, I, I, I love being surrounded by dreamers and I think that you are also a dreamer, but I also love when I am around people that ask the right questions for, for the facts or, um, see things in a different way. And it kind of, um, and it's just a different way of, of, of connecting. And I really like that in my, in my process and in my collaborations with people. Yeah. It's good to have like a, you know, a balance yeah. of ways of looking at things to, especially when you're trying to like create a product to like deliver to the world yeah. or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I that's, was listening- that's why, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Okay. I was just going to say that's why each port, like each number has an important role and every number has something to bring to the table. And so that's why like people are like, what's the bad number? What's the good number? And I'm like, uh, there's bad numbers in that same number as there's good numbers. There's serial killers across the whole entire Enneagram. And then there's like Mahatma Gandhi's across the whole Enneagram. So I was like, there's no such thing as bad or good. There is purpose for each and every Enneagram number. And I love each number so much for that. So what would you have to say in terms of figuring out Enneagrams for ours? My, my partner is a nine for sure, like 100% nine. Um, and there's like a steadiness and a sturdiness there, which I'm really enjoying. But for our kids, mm. how, how can we, like what are tips on figuring out like our kids' Enneagram? So, okay. So one of the things is trauma in youth is going to be, is going to affect their number. Um, and it can flip their number. It can flip their wings. So when figuring out your children's Enneagram, take it with a grain of salt because it's not solidified till their late teen years or their early twenties. So recognizing like, oh, my child could be this. Like I have my middle child. He was a hundred percent born a nine. Like he was just like peaceful and calm. And he brought like so much comfort to me and he's five now. He is no longer a nine for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's not so, a nine anymore. That's so interesting. Cause I was just thinking my 12 year old seems to be like a lot of a six right now, mm-hmm. which is like kind of like a, an unstable kind of place seemingly to me but it's like there's been like a pandemic and there's a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. going on and there's a lot of like working really hard with like Mm. loyalty and safety and all that kind of stuff but I actually think that my kids like actual like personality aside from trauma is more of a four yeah well and so when trauma happens in youth so my son's trauma that flipped his number was me having my third baby. And when Lincoln showed up, um, all of a sudden, we, like we were focused on Lincoln. He had lots of health problems. So like our whole like world became about Lincoln and Jamie's over here like, okay. So he flipped his number to a different number. And I can't decide still if he's a four or an eight. He has multiple traits, but he's only five. Whereas my oldest Yo, he was a seven from like before he got here to the time he's now like his whole goal in life was to just move his body to get into things he wasn't supposed to. And it better be fun along the way. And I am like, yo, I'm just trying to play catch up with you. But recognizing trauma doesn't have to be an extreme trauma. Trauma to a child could be very small. I know people that their numbers flipped when they were bullied in school. Or um, they had to take on a parental role all of a sudden. And that could have been for a short period of time. So trauma could be very different, but it has the ability to flip your number as you're processing in youth. So recognizing like, okay, like you can have these things. And especially in today's youth, I'm seeing a lot of Enneagram 4s and a lot of Enneagram 6s. And I think it's just the uncertainty of where our world is right now. It's creating these youth that are trying to either have their independence and be them their unique self or that they are trying to protect their safety at all costs. And so you're seeing a lot of these numbers and it's because of parenting and because of things. But then like there are kids that they just come as they are and like 
I'm sure you've seen those kids where they like show up and you're like, and that mm. is who they were from the moment they got here. Mm-hmm. And that is my oldest, but there's ones yeah. that can be affected. Yeah. So what I say is start looking at those numbers and start crossing off the ones you know your child is in. I know my child's not a two. I know my child's not a three and go down. Okay. So he's probably this one or this one. And that's okay. That's okay. We can sit with two of them. Yeah. Yep. Until you can have a conversation and say, hey, do you think you're more motivated by safety or do you think you're more motivated by being your individual self? And me having that conversation with a five-year-old is going to be different than with a like 15-year-old Yeah. <laughs> where they're like, hmm, that's a great question, mom. Instead, <laughs> Jamie's like, uh, I just like some SpaghettiOs. Please. Can I have a snack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's uh, how you figure out your children for now. Great. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you Tess. so, so much. This has been a fun journey and I'm sure we'll have to like dig deeper into this and maybe we'll wind up just talking amongst ourselves more uh, about it. Um, We like to do a couple of things at the end of the podcast. One is our roses and thorns, which is something that um, a beautiful addition from Madison uh, that I have called like highs and lows, but Madison's rose and thorns is a better phrase. Um, (laughs) So this is about like in our parenting. So just like over the last week or two or last day, name a quick um, rose and thorn of just what life has been like parenting. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yesterday was probably I called my husband and said this was the worst parenting day I've ever had. My boys were just out, like out of control. I also found out it was the new moon later on. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. I swear my kids are insane during the new moon. So um, that was, it was just really hard for me. And I kept trying to get centered. Um, and I just couldn't mm. seem to find my footing because I was all over the place. But um, it was a really hard day. Um, but I think one of the best parenting moments of this past week has been sitting down. I homeschool my kids. And so sitting down with them and letting them kind of pick what they wanted to learn about and just having these conversations with them and having like an open dialogue and just being present for a minute because being present is really hard for me because I'm like, yo, I got work to do. And so like, you guys are fine. And so I was able to just like sit and be with them and listen to like where they were and what they wanted. And so, yeah, that was definitely my (laughs) beauty and the beast moment this week. Madison, do you Um, have a rose Yeah, I feel like my my rose and thorn of this morning are kind of the same thing. Um, my, uh, my five-year-old, uh, Maple was having a bit of a hard morning unfurling and getting ready for camp and, um, and was just like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I kind of shifted into this mode of like, of my stress mode of, you need to go. I have this podcast Mm. interview. I have meetings today. Mommy has work. And I could just feel myself doing a spin. And I was like, she's tired and she wants to connect. And so I was, I was like, let's just cuddle on the couch. You don't have to go if you don't want to go. We cuddled for like 10 minutes and she was like, I'm bored. I want to go to camp. And so we just got to camp like 30 minutes later this morning. And it was 
both a rose and a thorn of just like cuddling and um you know of that like, oh I'm not in control things are not happening exactly the way I want but then pausing reconnecting and having this nice little cuddle moment where we walk together just the two of us to to camp at our own time beautiful both both kind of um beautiful little turnarounds there um i i say a couple of things my um a, a, a rose has been that my kiddo is in cooking camp to learn Thai cooking two hours a day for a week. The The thorn of it is that I am hating driving to the mm. grocery store where it's happening f- to be there. And I can't go home because it's only two hour class and I have to figure out what to do without spending money. Um, so uh, that's been frustrating. But the rose is that my child who's been terrified of spicy food, like I have been their whole 12 years, is now eating all of the super spicy food that they are cooking, which I'm just so proud of them for. And also just goes to show you, like, you don't know your kids, you know, like they're, they're going to change to be something that you don't know they are like at any moment they're ready to do that. Um and then I uh, was hanging out during that time, actually, with my partner's kid, who I was in charge of uh, for those couple hours. And we just kind of, we hung out at the park. And I noticed that they got really excited at five years old, or almost five years old, um, at uh, at learning the species names of the flowers and plants. And I was just like, are you going to turn in, are you going to like this with me? Are you going to, you know, is there going to be some other person in my life who's really into this? Mm. Um, so that was very exciting. Um, and then we watched videos of kids surfing, uh, which was really, really fun. That is beautiful. And also such an Enneagram 5 thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, With it the is. scientific names, and you're like, so, mm-hmm. Tess, thank you so much for your time here and for for thank supporting you. us with our enneagram. What, where can people find you, and what's going on that they should know about? Um, so I am the enneagram mom on Instagram. Um, honestly, it's like the best place to connect to me. Um, everywhere else, I mean, you can pretty much find me anywhere. Um, but I let's see. The best thing is hopefully. <laughs> This Friday, I am launching my subscription group, which is the Enneagram Mom Community, so that we can kind of go into more depth in the Enneagram and give some more support. So I've been working really hard on that to help more people dive into their Enneagram. And so from there, I'm going to be launching more courses on your children's Enneagrams and how to connect in your relationship. So I'm really excited that I have more opportunities to help other people to figure out themselves, their family, and well, their children. thank you so much. Yay, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Have a good day. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Wash Your Mouth Out Podcast. You can find us on the web at washyourmouthoutpodcast.com. Come follow us on Instagram at washyourmouthoutpodcast and on Twitter at mouthoutpodcast.